One of the things that we champion and just ask that the grace of God would allow us to be here at the vineyard as a community experiencing the transforming love of Jesus. A community. For the last 22 hours, I've been racking my brain how to join my community and stand up here and preach in the midst of tragedy. So I was glad I had 20 hours. And so here's what I want to do. We've been in this series about serve somebody, and I'm reminded today why. Because we need it. We all need loving kindness meeting us over and over and over again. So here's what I want to do first. I want everybody, you have permission, if you have a phone that text messages, I want you to take out your phone. And I want you to text somebody kindness and love and care. Whoever comes to your mind first, I want you to let at least one person this morning know that they are a treasure and you value them. If you don't have a phone that texts, that is absolutely okay. And I just want you to think throughout your day today how you might be able to extend kindness to somebody. Because as I was preparing uh, for this last message in our series, before I, I knew that I was going to get the call that I got yesterday, before we were going to be sitting across the table with our friends. I titled this message, Serve Somebody Good News. Because the big idea is we are called to be people who serve good news day in and day out. We are called to be people who serve good news. I'm going I'm to prove my point with an illustration, so I need your help this morning. Can you all help me this morning? Uh, I, I got like three people that are on board. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 y'all are going to be so great. How many of you in your life have experienced bad news? Okay. Everybody. Everybody. So just think about that for a second. The thing common to everyone is bad news. Bad news. And I'm going to show you the... Um, I'm going to show you where I started this week. We're going to play a little game. And I'm going to show you a picture, and all you needed to say is good news or bad news. Can you all do that? 
Good news or bad news, okay? Let's warm up. After I say good news, you say good news. Good news? Okay. Bad news? Oh, y'all are professionals. I love this. Okay. So here's the first photo. Yeah. <laughs> Could, I like, there is one full of hope in, in our midst. I know what to do with something like that. Bad news, especially if it's me trying to fix it. All right, next photo. Good news. <laughs> Some, yeah, somebody knows what, what that's capable of. Ne next photo. Good news. It's beautiful. Next photo. I like thunderstorms. That's good news. I'm terrified of thunder. That's bad news. If that lightning struck and fire goes ablazing, what is it? Bad news. Insurance claims. Next photo. Next photo. Next photo. Next photo. When we start to move away from stuff and we start to move towards people, we begin to see the truth of a loving God that person to person begins to speak hope where we need it most. Because we all know bad news. You know bad news. It comes in the night. It comes with a phone call. It comes with a text. It comes with a, a decision from an employer at the hands of somebody else. It comes and it comes and it comes. We know bad news. We know bad news. And the reality of life is this. Everybody knows bad news. And even if you lived on easy street, and even if you had all the stuff, death comes. Death comes. We know bad news. This is a weekend of remembering bad news. Memorial weekend, Memorial Day, is a day that we remember the most horrific news delivered to families and loved ones. Some of you know that news personally. That in someone's willingness to serve, that they lay their life down, and bad news is delivered. And families are changed forever. And people's life course gets catapulted in a totally different direction because it's bad news. It's bad news. 
And so here, here's where I think we begin to feel the rub of real life decisions in a real way, is life becomes one of two things. Either bad news, and that's it, or bad news with a kingdom and a God who declares something different so that in the midst of bad news, there is a truer truth. There is a bigger story being written that declares there is good news. And in the moment, it doesn't feel like it. And when we sit with our friends and we weep with our friends and we grieve with our friends and our family and our heart aches inside of us, we cling to the hope that this is not the end of the story. That Jesus steps into humanity and knows bad news. That Jesus experiences the heartache of real people in real time, in real space, and says, wait just a second. In last week's message, Alan gave such a wonderful like just inspiring, hope-filled message for the call of us as gifted people, gifted for the good works that God has planned in advance for you and for me and for us as a community. Ephesians 2, and this is the tension of, of Ephesians 2. There is a kingdom of darkness that is waging war and sowing death and destruction and evil. Darkness is real. Can anybody agree with that this morning? Is darkness and hate and like destruction and death and animosity, is that real? Yes. It's real. This is the tension of the kingdom, and we're not going to undo it today. We're actually going to invite you to live with more tension in your life because we need to acknowledge what is real and then step to it with what is also real, that there is a kingdom of light and hope that declares no matter how dark the darkness, there is one who is stepping in and saying, I've got something to say about this. There is a kingdom that knows no end. There is a kingdom that is restoring all things to the way that they were meant to be because there is one who is bigger and greater and has more hope that has something to say about death and destruction. This is the tension in serving somebody. That we cut through the culture around us and go, do they deserve it? Oh, I'm just going to give a little bit. No, it is an all-in, generous declaration of good news everywhere we go. And I want to read to you a story out of Matthew chapter 9 that that kind of paints this picture for us. And Jesus is interacting. I'm just going to be real clear. If you read earlier in the chapter, which I'm not going to this morning, We see Jesus interacting in powerful ways, demonstrating the power and the authority of the kingdom. His rule, his reign, his declaration that good news is available, casting out demons, healing the sick, taking all that is destructive and saying there's another story being written. And this is where we pick it up in 
verse 35, it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. The tension is present in Matthew 9. Jesus looks out and he has compassion because he sees confusion and helplessness and heartache and uncertainty and people longing for more hope than what they have. The tension is there. And Jesus doesn't just apathetically go, man, that's too bad. Oh, too bad for them. I don't know what to tell you. Life just is miserable. No, he begins to paint a picture for those who are following him to begin to turn their attention outward and see what he sees. He sees the ones that he loves. He sees the ones that he has compassion on. His heart breaks for their hearts. And he begins to remind us and his early disciples, these are my people. These are mine. My heart is not for them to be confused, for them to be helpless and hopeless and live under the weight of oppression. The kingdom is coming with good news. And I think there's two real things we have to begin to wrestle with more intensely in our life. And the first is this, Jesus brings good news. He is a good news bringer, right? It says that Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. Jesus brings good news. He brings good news through proclamation. He proclaims it. He announces it. He uses his voice. Just like y'all said, good news, that's what we're called to do in our daily life that we would be voices of hope, that we would begin to point to people in a direction that says, this is horrible, this is horrific, this is tragedy beyond all comprehension. And I stand and say, this is not the end of your story. I love you, I care about you. There is good news in the midst of pain and heartache. And I don't understand how we reconcile those, so we just hold the tension, and we live into the tension, and we begin to partner with Jesus to say we are going to pray, and we're going to comfort, and we're going to grieve and weep with you. We have to be those that are willing to proclaim the good news. Have y'all noticed lots of stuff is getting proclaimed these days? Lots of stuff gets proclamation. Lots of stuff gets announced. I know of nothing I have a master's degree, I'm well studied, I think I'm slightly intelligent. I have found nothing, nothing that actually meets this need and this ache of my own heart and my own life. 
a God who spoke everything into being came and dwelled among us and declared life over death. That's good news. Let me ask you this. How many of you are going to go to a barbecue this summer? I hope, I hope everybody gets to. I hope you get to go to lots of barbecues. I love barbecues. I have been blessed with friends who know how to party and barbecue, and it is like a gift. It is good news. I hope you get friends like that. If you need one, call me up. They, they, they like inviting friends of friends. I'm just, I'm just telling you, these are amazing people. It is real deal. When you go to, I'm just going to tell you right now, when you go to a barbecue this summer, there will be people there who are hurting. They need good news. If you go to work this week, I hope you get a short week, there are people that you work with that are hurting. People who live on your street, people behind you in the grocery store, people behind you at Starbucks, in front of you, people who cut you off on the roads, they're all hurting. Everybody hurts at some point. We all need good news. We need to be a courageous community stepping forward proclaiming good news. This is what Jesus says. He's uh, beginning his ministry. You can read this in Luke 4. He's quoting out of Isaiah. I want you to hear the words of Isaiah 61 just prophetically speaking to what is to come, who Jesus is, the kingdom, big picture. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. I'll tell you, I've read that very differently in the last 18 hours. Because Jesus and the kingdom of God from beginning to end moves right into the tension. It's not good news that goes for all who have it easy and comfortable and like have no debt and have the sweetest cars and drive all the luxury vehicles. The kingdom of God is upon you. That is not it. He says, I have come that I will bind the brokenhearted. Where there is grief and there is mourning, we come to that place and we grieve and we mourn and we speak hope and life and that good news is meant to conquer and overcome bad news. That's the God I need. I need a God who's more powerful than bad news because if bad news wins, then we should just all close it up. Like we should just call it in. If bad news wins, we should just all call it in. But that's not the story of the kingdom of God. That is not the declaration of the truth of Jesus. Because even, think about the worst. They can take all my stuff. They can take whatever they want. And at the point my life is taken, there is a God who speaks resurrection. That is good news. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to proclaim good news. And then he invites us in on the party. How many of you like going to bad news parties? None of us. No. You're like, are you sure you have a master's, Kurt? That was a crazy question. No. Good news. 
We long for good news, and here's what I'm beginning to find more and more and more. As I hear more and more bad news, I see Jesus mattering for here and now to speak hope and life and light into people's stories, that we would proclaim good news. You know how you proclaim good news? You send a text to somebody and tell them you love them. You give hugs. You let tears flow. And you look at somebody who's hurting and you say, I know the hurt is real. The hurt is real. The uncertainty is real. And right now, it's not okay. It's not okay. Things are not okay. And I believe in a God who is not done working yet. I believe there's a God who loves you, and I don't understand it. It reminds me I'm not God, but I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Jesus brings good news, and he brings it for you. He demonstrates good news. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Man, I've been confused before, been helpless, been just sick to my stomach not knowing what to do powerless. And Jesus looks at me and he says, I will be with you. I'll be with you. Jesus brings the good news and he sends us with good news. In the deepest aches of my heart, I've learned how to pray. In the deepest wounds of my life, I've learned how to comfort other people who are wounded and hurting. He sends us with good news. He sends us with good news. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send some more workers into his fields. If you're concerned with the trajectory of your own life, I have good news for you today. There's a God who loves you. And there's no better place to start. Just begin exploring Jesus. Just begin to ask God, are you real? he's not real, I'm done. Like, I'll just be that frank. I got no other hope. Jesus is the hope of my life, because otherwise it's just death. And that's real. And I was reminded how real it is when the things that we think are unacceptable, unexplainable, just not meant to be, it brings us face to face with the tension of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness, which is the narrative of Scripture. And the narrative of Scripture is the kingdom of God overcomes the world. John 16. In this life, you will have trouble. But take heart. For I, Jesus, I have overcome the world. Take heart. If 
you are a follower of Jesus and you are concerned with what you see around you in the community, in the world, I give you one charge this morning. Speak up with good news. Be sent with good news everywhere you go. Do not be silent. Do not be afraid. Speak hope to hearts who need hope. Speak kindness to people who've been forgotten and cast off. Declare life over death. That no matter how dark it is, when light begins to break through, light always wins. Let's stand. I'm going to ask all of our prayer ministry teams to come and stand with me across the front. If you're part of our staff and leadership team, I'm going to ask you to come stand across the front. If you are a small group leader, I want you on watch. The vineyard, we just believe that there is a real experience of the transforming love of Jesus. It's not just an intellectual invitation. It is a life on life thing. Jesus' life for my life. Jesus' invitation to follow. Nothing can be said for whatever tragedy, trauma, wherever bad news seems to be at work in your life. There are not words that I have that make it go away in the moment. When it hurts, it hurts. When it's uncertain, it's uncertain. But I want to read to you a few sentences from a vineyard pastor who sent us a letter about some circumstances they've been facing and going through because I think this expresses how we as a community walk through things like this and why we believe we can actually declare good news in the midst of bad news and we don't have to move away from the bad news. We can cry, we can grieve, we can mourn. And this is what he writes in a letter to us. This process that they've been going through as a local church has been a long and difficult journey. The biggest thing that I've learned from this experience is how God gets us through trials. He usually doesn't miraculously fix the problem or remove the obstacles in an instant. He usually doesn't tell us exactly what's going to happen and exactly what we should do. But I know that he always communicates to us in small ways and big ways that he is with us. That we are not alone. That he sees, that he's aware, and he loves us. 